You've been listening to This Week with Betsy Johnson on the stations of Coast Community Radio, KMUN Astoria, KTCB in Tillamook, streaming at coastradio.org and on your mobile using the TuneIn app. It's seconds before 9.30 on this sunny Monday morning. And it's time for Food Talk. I'm Marianne Myers. I'm here with my fabulous co-host, Linda Perkins. Good morning. Good morning. I got my apron on. You do. You are so (laughs) color-coordinated this morning. (laughs) Not really. She lied. (laughs) I feel kind of, I feel like a slacker, really, fashion-wise. It turns out that that my feet hit bright stuff when I woke up in the morning (laughs) Put it on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, isn't that true? Oh, well, uh, I was Betsy Johnson. We left her, and she was throwing Latin phrases around, and I was trying to think of something Latin so I could make, like, an intelligent segue from her show to ours, and all I could come up with was pro bono. So if there's anybody out there that wants to bake us some pie pro bono, <laughs> please do. <laughs> I think that means in favor of bono. I'm not sure. I, I am not sure. No, it's a professional bono. Oh, that's it. Hey, you know, uh, I have some old business for Food Talk. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because last time we were on, we were talking about uh, the the subject of xanthan gum came up. Okay. And I admitted that I had no idea. What, I mean, I, I realize it's in virtually everything we It exists buy. on Earth, yeah. but... If we buy processed food of any kind, xanthan gum, is odds are, mm-hmm. is in there from ice cream to whatever. So... Um, so I looked it up because I I really had no idea what it was. I mean, I, I, I didn't even know how you get it. Does it come from the xanthan plant? Well, no, it doesn't. But we theorized that last time we were on. Turns out, no. So what it is, uh, besides being a popular food additive, um, it, it's used for thickening and stabilizing. And it is created when sugar is fermented by a type of bacteria. Mmm, delicious. Called Xanthomonas campestris. And, I think that's um, going to be my new nickname, Xanthomonas. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh, somebody's going to write a song about that, it, like Caledonia, you know what I mean? It'll be good. That, that's good. Um, anyway, it is, um, it, it, when it's powderized, it, you, it, it disperses quickly and creates a viscous and stable solution. So that's why it's in salad dressing. Anything that's and, snot-like. Yeah, exactly. It does. It makes it all snot-like. I don't like that. But um, the, it's also, you, the, here's the unsettling part. Uh-oh. I mean, not like that wasn't unsettling enough. <laughs> uh, the unsettling part is that it's used in making medicine. <laughs> Toothpaste, and um, also uh, one of the quotes I found was uh, that xanthan gum is an ingredient in, in salad dressing, whipped cream, and many other foods. It is also used to drill for oil. Really? <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Well, super all-purpose. <laughs> now, <laughs> now we know what uh, xanthomonas oh, campus is. It. That's it. I am. Not oh, buying any. Well, it's if you start looking at stuff. Uh, oh no, it's in everything. Made. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. The everywhere. only reason I know how how to spell it is because it's on every label. I know. Yeah, it's spelled with an X. And uh, I think on to the next thing. I think uh, I will do some um, research on guar gum because isn't mm, it in everything yeah, too? Yeah, I, I know that they use anthem and guar gum in. Um, gluten-free things just to give it a little body and get it to hold together i mean i know that you'll even buy a package of that stuff and and use it but 
Hmm. Okay. So hmm. anyway, I was just clearing up uh, old business. I want to know what's going on new business-wise in your kitchen. Well, I um, cleaned and reorganized my pantry. What? Yeah, which it looks really nice, but it can be disastrous. And we've already had, and it was just two days ago, we've already had our first casualty. I know that I have black olives. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there's the tomato section, and that's pretty obvious. And there's, you know, the Chinese section, and that's pretty obvious. But what did I do with those black olives? Oh, I my searched gosh. high and I searched low. And they are not to be found. They're there somewhere, and in the year 2020... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll find them. Long after the arbitrary pull date. <laughs> yes, yes. But no, I couldn't find them yesterday. And so that's my first. That That's what always happens, though. You know where everything yep. is because, oh, yeah, when I came home from the store, I put it there, but it doesn't make any sense. But um, but when you reorganize, that's that's the. It is uh, uniquely satisfying, though, to redo the pantry, isn't it? I yeah. think it is. Yeah. And, and but here's the thing. And, and this might I, I might be a hoarder. So <laughs> when, when yeah. I clean and reorganize something like I did my cookbook shelf a few months ago. But then I want more cookbooks. And so I, I knew when I did my cookbook shelf, no, Linda, no. And, you know, no, you can't. But then just recently, Fine Cooking came out. They, they had their 25th wedding anniversary, yes. Fine Cooking magazine. Uh, and it they, wasn't really a wedding anniversary. No. Did I say wedding? <laughs> <Yes>. Oh, good <laughs> Lord. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't think it was a wedding unless the magazine married some other magazine. No, I didn't even magazine. know I said that. My whole, my mouth just, it works on its own. It's Well, the, you, you know that as we came in here, I said I felt like I had cotton in my brain. So <laughs> I guess I do. But my mouth is trying to cover for it. <laughs> so they, yes, they did have a big yeah. anniversary. Well, and then in there they had the 25, what they consider the 25 best cookbooks of the last 25 years. Oh, there's some I don't have. Oh, what? <laughs> I can't believe that. But it's the same thing with the pantry, because the pantry and the pantry, I've got, of course, um, food ingredients, but I also have pots and pans and stuff like that and, you know, crock pots. And so then, oh, just, it's only two days ago I cleaned it, but now all of a sudden I want to get all kinds of like ceramic bread baking vessels, you oh, know, yeah. that are fancy and French and I've always wanted them, but but the thing just kicked up, oh, you must have them again. <laughs> so it doesn't matter if I clean something, I'm just going to fill it up and then that's really sad. Oh, <laughs> Well, I don't guess I have that particular problem, but one uh, but 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 my big problem is that I tend to reorganize the pantry to avoid writing deadlines. It's one of the oh, things I it's do. it's an avoidance technique. And I might, oh. you know, like alphabetize yep. my spices. Yes, I might. <laughs> yes. It has to be done right it, now. It has to be. <laughs> and then I, and then I will sit down and write that thing. So the, the um, lesser of two evils. <laughs> <laughs> but I do feel so uh, righteous after I've done the pantry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, And alphabetize the spices. I've got a, a, a granddaughter that'll just, my spices are in the refrigerator on the side. They're, they're magnetized in oh, little right. canisters. And um, there's a lot of them. There's at least 100. And every once in a while, the granddaughter will just take a big swipe at them. She's, you know, she's just really young. And um, uh, into the do go. dog dish they go. But, <laughs> but then they're all not alphabetized. <laughs> And so then we get to alphabetize them again. So we do a lot of alphabetizing at my house. <laughs> so uh, what have you been cooking? Uh, let's see. Um, I kind of got fed up with the weather. Now, any of you in Sweden, Antarctica, or Minnesota know, know that, that when we complain about weather that you can laugh at us. But um, 
I heard that it was like the coldest winter we've had in 30 years. What? Yeah, I, I really heard that. I'm not from a farmer. I'm not making it up. And it's just that that in the morning, so often when we woke up, it would be frozen. And that's not that common here. But just frost after frost after frost after frost. And that really took a toll on my herb garden. My herb oh, garden. Right, right. I mean, it's not extensive. It's just large because I use a lot of herbs. And so it, it really took a toll. The little leaves crinkled up and died. And so I, I, I was feeling spring cooking-wise, and I went out and I bought a just big bags, not the little teeny clamshells, you know, but big bags of dill, rosemary, chives, mint, oregano, parsley, cilantro, basil, just all the herbs. And 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 um, it's not something I would have normally done, but it was a luxury. And then I just made a bunch of herb-heavy things like like buttermilk dressing and and salads where where you put a lot of herbs yes. in the greens. And and it's it's felt like a luxury having those in the house. They really last um a long time i found if i store them upright okay they just the leaves aren't laying down like i always have a bag of cilantro and it's laying down and then it's mushy within a week but um just because i spent a decent amount of money on this um i just put them all upright and and how they were bagged they were in sturdy bags that had kind of what do you call that like the envelopey bottom yeah the um gussets Uh so they stood up easily and um they just lasted a lot longer Okay. So um, what about herbs that you don't refrigerate, like basil? And I, I actually... I just leave those on the counter. I don't even usually re- refrigerate cilantro. Oh, really? I do. Maybe I'm doing it wrong No, then. but if yours is lasting a long time, then I'm going to try that. Because with other things like parsley and um, a variety of other refrigeratable uh, herbs, I will just wrap them in a damp. Yeah, bus paper towel, towel yeah. actually, and stick them in the drawer, and they last a really long time that yeah. way. But um, yeah, so. I didn't have them in water; they were just standing up. Uh huh. And and the the difference, like parsley, always lasts a long time, but cilantro yeah. doesn't. But um, um, oregano just shocked me. In the store, you know, they have the 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 date that they cut it, right, you know, on the right. bag, but they don't have an expiration date. You can see if it's no good. But it was February second. And I mean, what is this March eighteenth? And it's still just fine. Wow! And um, it's and time sturdy. is like that too. Yeah, <laughs> sturdy. <laughs> yeah, and you've got time in the fridge too. No time. I I use so much time, and even though it's been frozen, like I've got three, probably three foot long planters full of time, and then another round, you know, twelve inch planter full of time. I have a lot of time in the yard, and I should have bought time because it's all really ragged from the freezing. But um, but I just couldn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I um, th- I think that I need to plant a whole new round of thyme. I have some at home that's old, you know been in the ground for like ten years, and yeah. now it's really woody, of course. Yeah. And um, I really like the little tender thyme that you know you don't yeah. even have to take it off the stem. It's like brand new. Yeah, I love that. And and I love having that in a pot on the windowsill. Well, maybe I should do that too because mine is is um, just really ragged. They're, then they're shrubs. Yeah, you know they become yeah. shrubs. Yeah. But but I think that they're not as. Um, I go out and look at them and go, mm, no, 
I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's. I, I think that would also feel like a luxury, brand new time. Yeah. Do you? So do you think it's time to plant? Huh? <laughs> time. Oh, I have no idea. I don't even know if the freezing is done. I don't think it the is. The sun came out yesterday and today, and we're all like in bathing suits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm waiting. I, I need to replant the and reconstitute the herb garden at the food web, but I think it's too soon. Yeah. Um, and, and it is, you know, the first uh, foray into sunshine is always like, well, I'm going to plant something. And then, you know, I, I know I need to wait till May. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know yeah. that. I, I do know that. So. What you been cooking? Well, let's see. Last night I cooked brats, actually. Lamb I brats. I love it. Lamb brats. Did mm-hmm. you make them? Where did you get them? No, I got them from a little barn um, farm who, who, who they were at our uh, Meet Your Farmer event at the nice. Food Web. And we used to, in the old days when River People Farmers Market was a thing, um, in the very beginning for the first two or three years of the market, Rod Nichols and I did uh, the market cafe where we actually cooked. Uh, it was a little, oh, yeah. we set up a restaurant with a grill and everything. I We were in out of our minds. But anyway, <laughs> that's a whole nother thing. Uh, but we used to do these, uh, one of the things that we would do to order was uh, lamb brats with um uh, sautéed peppers and onions on that them. That just and sounds so good. It, they are so good. And I uh, hadn't had them for a really long time. So when I saw them at the Meet Your Farmer event, I was like, I'll take those. So that's what we had last night just on um, garlic toasted um like a hoagie roll kind of okay. thing with uh, onions and mustard. And do you do that? Do you, when you, when you said a garlic ho- hoagie, do you mean like you toast it and kind of do it like garlic bread? Uh huh. And I do it with uh, just olive oil and garlic, um, and you know, like under the broiler in the toaster oven, so okay, that it numb. Get, so that it's soft on the outside, but toasty on the part where you put the condiments. See, that's kind of like. Um... And then I don't do mayonnaise. Okay. Because. Yeah. I don't really like mayonnaise on sandwiches that much, but a lot of people do. Well, certain sandwiches like tuna salad. And oh yeah, stuff, but it's you, in you, it. Yeah, you, it's not like yeah. on the bun. But um, um, that's something that I've I've done made. Like I'll just almost make garlic bread, but but it makes a sandwich so much better. So much better. I can't think of a single sandwich that isn't better on garlic toast. Because think if you had a roast beef sandwich, it's a roast beef sandwich. But if you do it on garlic bread, it's so much better, and it can be like your secret. <laughs> like your secret to making really well, good sandwiches. Well, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're giving it to you, gentle listener. <laughs> it, it is no secret that you are listening to Food Talk on Coast Community Radio, <laughs> KMUN, Astoria, KTCB, Tillamook, and streaming at coastradio.org. Uh, Food Talk is a co-production of Coast Community Radio and North Coast Food Web. I sometimes wonder if we should align our silliness with such a beloved nonprofit. But, I know, I know. But there we go. <laughs> We're doing it. Um, so, Xanthan gum. <laughs> that's right. Well, I'm on to guar gum, which I figure that the gummies are probably all used in similar ways, different products yeah. used in similar ways. Yeah. I mean, it implies when it's a gum that it is going to be a stabilizer or a thickener, right? Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I but but finding out about things like that mm-hmm. when I actually looked it up and realized what was going on there and how pervasive it is in mm-hmm. our world, it more than ever makes me want to just buy the ingredients and make yeah. the food. Yeah. Uh, really. I used to work for the USDA, and and that is something the thickeners and the food additives like that is something that they're very 
you know, that they do a lot of research on. And um, they have these machines that are giant. They're as big as this room. And they, um, you, you make a puck out of whatever it is that you're testing. And, and then you put the puck in this machine that squishes down on it. And then it tests how much shear it will take, like when it twists and how much pressure it will take before it breaks apart. It, it's the most interesting thing. It's like such a, a mechanical, industrial looking thing on, on these little jelly pucks. <laughs> Um, but 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 and, uh, um, why does that matter? I wonder. I don't know. I mean, that particular type of testing. I wonder why it matters. I don't know, but I I know in one application, there was um, there was one of these. Um, the, these gels hold a lot of water, and that's that's why they thicken something. They take the water and they bind it, if that makes sense. Uh -huh. That that makes something thicker, and so um, uh, they used it in um to cover seeds and that was actually i thought oh. pretty brilliant because they would um paint seeds with this stuff to use in in drought ridden areas and then if there was any water the the gel would draw it and hold it to the seed and so um they had a lot more success with farming but but you know that's certainly not organic but but it worked and and I know in some countries it really made a saved, yeah save lives and and so that that was a, a cool application yeah i wonder if it was anthem gum i know <laughs> <laughs> i guess it could have been <laughs> oh, it's uh, you know used in drilling for oil yes yes <laughs> <laughs> so um i bought beef shanks did you? Yes, and now I have to do them quickly because the weather's turning. Yes. And how much uh, yeah. brazing do we want to do? I mean, yeah. that kind of brazing, that hours all day brazing. Uh, I need to get busy. But yes, and frankly, um, on uh, we have a local uh, beef uh, rancher who comes to Egg Day on Thursdays at the Food Web. And... Um, and, it, it, you know, there's always a cooler full of fabulous stuff. And I have been looking at the beef shanks for I low these many weeks and thinking, oh, I should do that. Oh, maybe I'll do that. Oh, and then I finally caved and got them. And now and I, I got them like 20 minutes before the weather turned. So <laughs> and now I'm going to have to get busy and raise some beef shanks. But I haven't done that for a long time, and I'm kind of excited about you it. You know, you could put peas in it and call it um, spring beef shank. <laughs> Primavera. Yeah. <laughs> you know what, though? I'm kind of in a rut with braising. Everything I braise tastes the same because I do oh. it exactly the same. I should think about that and make it a little different. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I do the same thing, carrots and onions a, and celery and potatoes. Kind of exactly. Gravy. Yeah. yeah. I should... Well, I should uh, Change how, it how up. How bad is that? <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, that's it. Uh, you know, it's so foolproof. Everybody, yeah, likes it, and and so. But I need to. But I I, I understand you. You can do um, lamb shanks and uh, pot roast and uh, all kinds of things, and it's the same. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I need to come up with some variations. Put some wine or something in there. Oh, definitely wine. Yeah. What are you not putting wine? Well, no, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, just like, different kinds of wine. I just have to change it somehow. Baby steps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna do this. I, I will do uh, the beef shanks. Before the next show, and then I can report in about it. Yay! Should I remember? <laughs> well, and but thing. I did the same thing. I've got sweet potatoes. I decided. Well, I like roasted vegetables, but that's a winter thing. If it's yes. summer, I'm going to do them on the grill, and um, or even spring. But um, 
uh, I have a bunch of different kinds of sweet potatoes at home because I wanted to find out what I like best roasted. Ah. And so, you know, there's ah. there's all the different kinds that are at the store. Yeah. But I've only done a couple kinds yet. And so um, it doesn't really appeal to me right now, roasting vegetables. No, I know. But but, but it's going to appeal less and less. Yeah. And yeah. also your favorite that's roasted may not be your favorite that's grilled. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I don't, uh, I don't really... I don't think I've ever even tried to grill a sweet potato just because they take so long to roast, you know. Yes. And I, I, I would think that they would just be destroyed on the grill. And then if you were to parboil them, they're so mushy, you know. I just I don't think know how you could yeah, do it. Yeah, I don't think the te- texture is yeah. uh, amenable but, to but that. But they're good. I mean, they're they're good roasted. They're great. Yeah. I love them. I love them just baked instead of a baked white potato. But I think the one I like the best is just that regular yam. Yeah. Because any of the... The orange one or the yeah, yellow one? orange. Yeah. Because any of the lighter fleshed ones... Um, and I think part of it is the color. I I love eating them in salads cold uh-huh. um, after they're roasted. And it's just the orange is so pretty. And then when you get a white one, you don't know if it's just a potato. Is there just a potato in my salad? <laughs> you know what I mean? You look at it and it's just so fingernail colored, you know. <laughs> that just isn't very appealing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, but, but I am often... Uh, hard pressed to know the difference between if I'm eating a chunk of something like that in a salad or in a vegetable melange, oh. is it butternut or is it yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, you know they're the yeah. same. Yep. I mean, and and they are kind of interchangeable in a lot of ways. I just like the texture of the yams when they're roasted better. I think they hold together better than the squash. Yeah. So for if you're going to toss a salad, you know, it just li- survives that experience better. Yes. So I think that that's why. I like them in a salad better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I made a really nice tossed salad last night for dinner, and I um, uh, recently got a cooking magazine. I'm sure you got it because you <laughs> uh, get them all, but I get a couple of them. And okay. um, it w- there was a whole thing about getting away from plastic, which I've been yeah. uh, mulling over and taking baby steps toward, but n- this has inspired me to really get serious and okay. not. It's been a long, long time since I put any kind of produce in a plastic bag at a grocery store. or I just don't. I just toss it in the cart. I mean, I'm going to wash it anyway. So yeah. um, so it doesn't matter. So I kind of have gotten away from the um, plastic shopping bags and the plastic uh, produce bags, but there are other things that I buy sometimes that are in cellophane or, mm-hmm. you know, and I clamshells. Oh my God, yeah. clamshells. So, um, so I'm making a concerted effort not to do that. So toward that end, I was very careful about buying what I was going to put in the salad so that it didn't have any uh, you know, unnecessary packaging. Okay. And it takes a little more time on the shopping end sometimes, or mm-hmm. else you just have to re, uh, you have to reconfigure what you're going to do uh, on the fly, mm-hmm. which is fine with me too, because sometimes you're just searching for um, inspiration anyway. Yeah. And li- and limits make it easier. Yeah, exactly. So that's my new thing is trying to um, shop without packaging. Something that really brought that to my attention is just how so many people are giving up uh, plastic for Lent. And I think that's a oh, great that's thing. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. yeah a, a great way to try it. And the thing that I can't figure out is how I can roll pie crust without plastic. And I, I oh. know that that um, sounds really lame, but I always put a piece of plastic down, then flour it. I put the 
wad of pie crust on it, flour it, and put another piece of plastic on top. And then I roll it, and I store it in the freezer that way. And, and that is how I waste plastic. What about wax paper? Hmm. In fact, well, I mean, I was using wax. That's such I, a good idea. I have a lot I of wax using, paper. Yeah, I was using that when I was doing pies a lot. Okay. And, um, y- you know, with wax paper, you don't actually even, depending on your crust, because yeah. they're all a little bit different, uh, you don't even need to flour it. It's already slick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, so is plastic, but uh, the the wax paper peels off the crust pretty I'm slick. so glad I asked you. No, I couldn't come up with that on myself. <laughs> That's yes, so you great. Could. No, no. And I tried Plastic parchment; it was too stiff. Is one of those things oh. really tough? Uh, especially, uh, I I am more at the mercy of it when I am making something at the food web and having to take it to an event on mm-hmm. a tray mm-hmm. and really um, health code yeah. requirements. Yeah. Re- Almost. I mean, they don't say this specifically, but it's really hard to be in compliance and not use plastic wrap. Yeah. Um, so I haven't quite figured that one out. It, in our private lives, we can decide that we're going to do plan a, a or plan B. But uh, when you're doing something that's under some sort of license mm-hmm. and, and you want to be in compliance, it, it's difficult sometimes. But um, I, I'm working on it. Yay. <laughs> no, that's great. Wax paper is such a great idea. And cheaper. I didn't even know that. I think it's cheaper. Okay. <laughs> I, I buy the rolls by the case because I use it to wrap caramels. And um, it's just oh, so much right, cheaper right. by the case. So, yeah, I have a lot of wax paper. I would not notice any of it being gone. <laughs> I'm excited to try that. Thank you so much. Or any of your three gallons of vanilla, but whatever. <laughs> Prices still, I mean, it hasn't gone down more, but it has not gone up. It's been stabilized by xanthan gum. <laughs> That's my theory. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny how many people ask us to um, do like a call-in show. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, um, I was thinking about that because, you know, they want to call in with questions. And and it's not that it's a bad idea, but I don't think I would have the answers. I mean, it's just like no. xanthan gum. Do you know what I mean? And be like, it comes from a xanthan tree. I mean, a xanthan beaver. I mean, <laughs> I just wouldn't have the answers. They'd no. call in with some question. I'd be like, uh, next. <laughs> this is pretty much a 30-minute confession of what we don't know, know about cooking. Know, you're so right. So. What not to do. No. But no, please. Uh, we don't need any help to demonstrate our ignorance about uh, the topic at hand. And I wonder if they if they want it if they want the calling because our name is so close to car talk. You know, we're food talk. We could be like whisk and mix the Tappet sisters. Oh, <laughs> Let's not and say we did. That's what my dad used to say all the time. Let's not and say we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We'll get credit for it. The other thing is I'm sitting here running this board, and it isn't really much of a challenge on a, on our little talk show because all I have to do is make sure that we don't peg on volume when we're talking and then push all the right buttons to get us in and out. But if I had to, if I had to oh wrangle my. the telephone It'd call be like in, playing the piano. All ten fingers would no, have to be going. I can't play the piano. Oh, there we go. I can type. Maybe it'd be like that. But um, I think that it would be beyond my skill level. Plus, I know the people that I know out there and what they'd say when they called in. <laughs> well, I think there's a seven-second delay. Oh. <laughs> During which we can hang up. And <laughs> I got this squirrel. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, that's a whole other thing. Um, wild meat. Ew. Well. Squirrel. I mean, ew. Oh, well, yeah. No, I and I, I'm not even saying ew because I have never had any, and maybe it's fabulous. Oh, no. I'm just going to set ignorant limits. Limits that, no. <laughs> no. Well, how long since you've been down south? I know, I know. But you know what I mean? Like, when I'm saying ignorant, I mean, just like, I don't know anything about it, but I'm still oh, going to say no. Ignorance is bliss, <laughs> yeah, yes. you mean. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Well, uh, there, there, yes. <laughs> There's uh, wild meats and then there's wild meats, and I'm not yeah. sure I want possum either, although I've heard it can be quite delicious, but I um, do really like elk a yeah, lot yeah. and venison yeah. a lot, and it makes yeah. me wonder why I didn't make any mincemeat at all this year, although I did... I, I don't have a hunter in the family. What do you and mean I, mincemeat? Do you mean like the kind you put in pies? Yeah, but you know, um, my grandmother's recipe always used venison. Okay. Other than, I mean, there's all kinds of minced meat, right? So, but but do you mean to make a minced meat pie? Yeah. Okay, because um, um, I've had the kind of minced meat you buy in the store, which is basically a raisin pie. Yeah, it doesn't have any meat but, in and, it. And my friend Georgia always talked about how her grandma made it with meat, but man, she made it sound not delicious. Oh, it's so delicious. Really? And really, I'm sorry, but if minced meat... Get the name mm-hmm. minced meat. If it doesn't have minced meat in it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I, it's really bogus. Yeah. So uh, yes, I like I like raisin pie. I'm not saying I don't, but yeah. but minced meat made with minced meat is really lovely. And what do I, you do to it? Um, and my grandmother always made it with venison. Okay. And it was so good, and it had some suet in it, and really lovely. And then she would. She would cook it all up and then can it, and it would always be in jars in the root cellar. And then when you wanted to make a pie, you went down and got a jar and made a pie. Okay. Um, and it was really good. And you put I put raisins in it, cinnamon. Yep. Okay. Yep. Sweet and savory. Okay. So delicious. And it's dessert. I mean, it's not yeah. a meat pie, but um, I'll bring the I'll bring the recipe next time. I'm scared. <laughs> I'll bring the recipe next time. Okay. And we'll talk about mincemeat because we have no time to talk about anything else right now. Uh, I'm sorry I bogarted the conversation with mincemeat. But... No, you didn't. It's so interesting. <laughs> but we uh, we will discuss it in detail next time, and I will give you the recipe. It is just seconds before 10 o'clock. Uh, Jack Harris is in the house to bring us Lost Highways this morning. Big treat. And uh, he will be coming our way at six minutes after the hour, right after NPR News Headlines. Linda Perkins, thank you for joining me on Food Talk. Thank you, Marianne Zantham Myers. <laughs> See you next time. Okay. You've been listening to Food Talk on Coast Community Radio, KMUN Astoria, KTCB, and Tillamook. Streaming live at coastradio.org and on your mobile, in your pocket, wherever you go, using the TuneIn app. Stay tuned. Coming your way in just a few seconds, NPR News Headlines.